Three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 16 of the Purple Octopus Red Sweater Podcast. My name is Evan, joined by Wes as always. Wes, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. That's good. Everybody, everything, get, you getting all ready for the move? What, yeah, moving like 12 two hours. Days? Oh, I thought you were moving on the 31st. No, nah, tomorrow morning. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have like nothing in my room right now. So are you going back up to wherever Iowa State is? Sorry, I don't know where, what, like where in Iowa it is. No, you're all good. Um, so Iowa State's in Ames, Iowa, which is like central Iowa, but I'm moving to the capital of Iowa, which is Des Moines. Oh, okay. So is that where Lauren's at? Lauren's still in school at, uh, at Iowa State. Oh, but okay. It's, it's like a 30-minute uh, drive from Des Moines to Ames. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. That's cool. I mean, what do you want to talk about hockey-wise? Uh, Verona and Stetcher are on the ice. I saw that 23 hours ago from Detroit News. Uh, they're taking steps forward to their eventual return, so that's great to see. Um, they're still in non contact jerseys as expected, yeah. Um, but yeah, looking like they're getting back in shape for games, so that's great. Do you know what the timeline is by chance for either of them? Uh, no, I, I want to say. Like- I haven't heard much. Um, what you know, What do you think? Um, where do you think Verona suits fits in right now? I was thinking about this uh, a little bit ago. I would imagine the second line uh, keep the first line with Nemo, right? Like, actually, maybe you put Burt back because that first line hasn't really been produced. Oh, much. okay. Because see, I had a whole different. I had a whole different take on that. But okay, go like finish. So you you would you would take you would what leave Nemo on the first line and put Vron on the second? No, put Bert back on the first. Okay. Um, put Vron uh, Vron on two and move Nemestikov down farther. Yeah, but he's earned to be on two, so you can you can keep him on two, right? Well, yeah, I mean, so I I think. The, the move of reuniting Suter, Fabri, and Bertuzzi on a line, the the, the, the Guelph connection, um, yeah. has been has been awesome. Bertuzzi's position on the second line has made the entire line better, and Suter and Fabri, um, like, they're playing some of their best hockey. Yeah, they are. Um, I, just, I just looked it and, up. And, and, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, super quick. Uh, they should be back mid-February, or uh, Verona should be at least. Oh, okay. So that's good. Probably the all, probably after the All Star game, maybe or. Yeah, and dude, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean at, at original, I know they were both like after the Olympic break, right. but that was supposed to be like a three week thing that's not happening now. So now we're all just clustered on who knows when. True. Yeah. What, what were you laughing about? Sorry. No, my dog's like climbing. I mean, I'm, I'm like playing with this piece of tape and it's driving him nuts. He wants it really bad. Oh. Uh, no. So right now we're 21 in. <laughs> the uh overall standings and we always talk about it but uh, yeah i'm just afraid that they're gonna catch a little bit of fire uh once veronica comes back wants to have that uh time off from the all-star break and like fuck themselves and end up drafting like you know 17 overall uh you know i hope not i hope not man i hope not (laughs) i really really hope not but, I know. Oh, okay, sorry. So I was gonna finish. So my, yeah, my yeah. interesting thought on on where Verona goes. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I love Nemesnikov, uh, and he's been solid on the top line. But um, like, he's not really a top offensive threat, right? So he's one that can go anywhere because he's. I mean, and I'm not saying he's a threat. He's more of a complimentary player, right? Like, uh, you know, he, if he's playing with bums, he's gonna not really. He's gonna look good, but he's not gonna be able to have any finish because he's not going to be able to get set up or set anybody up, but he's good enough that when he's playing with guys like Larkin, Raymond, he's good. He's good enough to be in position to get set up and he's quick enough to, to be able to set them up and whatnot. He's smart enough. Yeah. But um, so the, so anyways, if they remain, I guess uh, in currently, I think Verona would replace Nemesnikov on the top. Like I'm talking about um, if Verona's in the lineup tonight, I think he takes the Mesnikov spot on the top line. Then, um, like, Verona is just so raw, too. Like, right? We just haven't seen enough of him. 
So, and he, and he's young, like he's, he's younger than Mantha. Um, and then like Verona Larkin Raymond could be an offensive unit. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm a little hard hearing that. That would be sick. But then, and then he could also replace Bertuzzi, sending Bertuzzi back up um, because it reunites that it, like that line was one of the most effective um, in the in the league um, for for a stretch this season. Bertuzzi, Raymond Larkin, but yeah, fuck man, try Rana out because the the Guelph storm line's been fucking awesome. So yeah, I think probably what's going to happen is Rana. They stick him on the second line until he starts like humming and then he'll probably move up to the first, like if he's playing well. Um, but yeah, like I was mentioning, I think he has earned the right to play on that top line. Like he's been a force all year for the most part. Uh, Nemo has. Um, but I, I had a question for you. While you, while you were talking, I thought of this, Who, who's, who's going to play their last game as a Red Wing first? Um, Zadina, Rasmussen or uh, Nemesnikov? <laughs> Zadina. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was gonna say as well. I kind of think it's gonna be Zadina. Dude, I, I, I think Zadina. Zadina's uh, the biggest bust uh, right now, like compared to Rasmussen. And Nemestikov's not a bust because you know he wasn't ours, but um, and you know he's like thirty years old or whatever he is. Um, Twenty nine, thirty. Yeah. Yeah, but but that's a guy. I mean, fuck. I would love to still have Nemesnikov, man. I would. I'd love to have Nemesnikov as as like a thirty five year old. Maybe when we're making runs, you know, Nemesnikov mm-hmm. could be like, you know, he can play fucking down on the fourth line somewhere, grind it out. Fuck Kurt Maltby and Chris Draper, McCarty were doing it for years. Nemesnikov could. Ne- yeah, Nemo's like game style too. He could play until he's yeah, like thirty six, thirty seven, and like be a fourth line guy, thirteenth man. Yeah, and you know what? It's because he doesn't always play a ton. Right. Uh, you know, not that he's not playing a lot right now because he's on the first line, but he's not always on the top line, and he's not on all the special teams units like like uh, superstars are. Yeah. So he doesn't uh, play that much, and he doesn't get hurt. He doesn't bang up, you know? Yeah, he doesn't. Um, yeah, he's very um, versatile and agile, uh and uh yeah it's, yeah. it's always in the lineup <laughs> yeah i agree uh all right we can shift to probably uh the most viral thing that happened in hockey this this week or one of the most viral hockey things um the tnt broadcast on a wednesday night um <laughs> so the <laughs> see if people aren't familiar which i don't know how you, you couldn't be familiar it's typically wayne gretzky paul biz and that um Anton Carter, and then I can't think of the last. Oh, Tockett, Rick, then... Rick Tockett, and yeah, the guy that usually takes the lead. I can't. And he's remember great his though. Name I, I, yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah. No, he is. A, he is great, but I'm just always paying attention to all the stars and not really him. Uh, right. Even no though, offen- like... no offense to him, but he's no, got, yeah, he he's is got, great. He's got that great broadcasting voice, though. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so we heard on Spit and Chicklets on Tuesday that uh, Eisman was going to be on. Um, as an interviewer or interviewee on Wednesday during the broadcast first intermission. Um, and like, I was looking forward to it nonstop until that puck drop happened. Um, but what a fucking interview. And I also want to point out that Eisman was wearing a Gucci tie, which I thought was super <laughs> cool. And, and, uh, and shout out for the sweater vest too, because uh, in honor of uh, the great one, 60, 61st birthday. Yeah, yeah, sixty-one. He wasn't there, but yeah, what a show! What a cool. No, show but Eisman put the sweater vest on because Gretzky always wears a sweater vest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you guys don't follow Spit and Chicklets, there's like a running joke that Eisman's uh, like a huge stoner. I won't get into like the, the backstory because it's kind of a long story. But the first question they asked him was Eisman, "How do you?" Biz asks uh, Stevie Y, "How do you unwind?" You know, after um, you know your job's done for the day. And he kind of laughs and goes, I can't tell you on live TV. So kind of like he must have had heard that clip before or else he would have answered like that. But yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then him saying, uh, uh, said he wasn't a good golfer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I seen somebody saying that, uh, they're a member at, um, 
I can't remember the name of the course now. I was talking to my dad about it. My dad's played it, I think, in uh, in Michigan. Um, but um, the guy said, yeah, if you're a member there, you can look up all the members' scores, and Iserman has the best fucking handicap in the whole out of all the members at that course. What is he, like an 18 or something like that? I have no idea. But I'm thinking, yeah, at a course that Iserman's at, these are guys that are fucking, you know, these are rich people that golf all the time, and he's the, got the best handicap, yeah. He's a good fucking golfer. Oh, yeah. He can probably play on the fucking senior tour if, if he's that good. Um, yeah, it's not public. I just Googled it. But, yeah, it, I, I've always thought that Steve Eisenman was, like, a cool dude. He Like, he's very stoic and serious, and in, he's an intense dude. But this was, like, kind of a look into, like, his lighter side, more fun side. Like, he has that personality, and I just want to get a beer with that guy. I could talk hockey with him for hours. Well, like I said, uh, you know, like Biz got him to, uh, oh yeah, that that's true. Uh, Biz, Biz got him to go to this lighter side that you don't really see out of Steve. And I said, Ever. I said to you, I said, man, like, look at, he fucking he got he got Iserman to open up, like, and I said, Pretty, uh, yeah, Biz Biz is one of the best things the NHL has going for them right now. You also said that I agree with you. I just want to point this out. You also said that Brad Marchand is one of the best things the league's got going for itself right now. I do. I think they're both in the top five. I think Biz. Um, All right. I'll give you a top five. I think right, the, top, the top five <laughs> things the league has going for them right now. Yeah. That's that. That's not on the ice. That's not on the ice. Correct. Is Paul Bissonette. And yep. this is not in any particular order. Cause I'm just trying to think of think five, right yeah. now. So Biz. Uh, Marshand, um, TNT, TNT for sure. Yeah. Ovechkin. <laughs> Ovechkin. And, and spitting chiclets. Spitting chiclets. Yeah. That's a good five. Uh, and I you was, know what? I'll put PK Subban in there too, because he's doing a lot for, um, he still does a lot for the communities in Montreal and in Toronto and in Nashville and in New Jersey uh, yeah. with children's hospitals and whatnot. And, Good dude. um, and the, and the stuff, you know, that's unfortunately going on with, uh, you know, the, yeah, with that stuff that we could talk about later, that's, you know, a, a hard subject, but, but yeah, I think PK Subban is a, a good light to have in the NHL right now too. I know he's, he's not, uh, you know, the best defenseman like he was a couple of years ago, but, um, yeah. He, um, He's still good for the league in other ways. He has a podcast, and that guy just has like an incredible media voice. Like he's gonna be awesome once he uh, retires and goes. Into oh the media. yeah, man! And he'll have these wild suits like Don Cherry. Yeah, it's great. Like you know what I mean? He'll be like that. Yeah, and he'll be a broadcaster until he's an old old man like Don Cherry. Oh yeah. Um, kind of in the same van, or at least he's related to uh, Detroit in a sense. Ken Holland signed. Uh, Vander Kane for league minimum 725 plus a 625 signing bonus. Yeah, 2.1 million dollar cap hit. I I don't know. I, what's your thought on the cap hit? Um. Okay. And actually, the signing. The, the whole this thing, is the whole my thing. fault. Give me a second because um, my fault for being unprepared, but I don't know what. Edmonton's cap situation it's is not like. good. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. So right now they have zero projected cap space. So yeah, mm-hmm. <sighs> they had to do something. I will give them that. Um, yeah, I, the, yeah, they did. But here, so I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and I we were talking about the Evander Kane uh, thing um, mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon, and uh, I he goes, "Yeah, man, I can't believe." They, they brought him in like he's a cancer. And I said, yep, uh, you know, Ken Holland logic. We need we need some we need to back, uh, tighten up the back end of our defense and we need some solid goaltending. I'm going to go get a forward that's going to be no good for anything. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 Ken Holland special. Yep. Um, they, yeah, they got to make a play for a defenseman. Uh, I, I want to get your take on this, too. But what's the shot clock looking like for Connor McDavid in Edmonton? Do you think his time's coming to an end, or do you think that he's ready to go full in for Edmonton? Because across the league, league uh, media-wise, people have differing opinions. And this would be like the biggest move in hockey since Wayne Gretzky. If this, yeah, it absolutely would be. 
if if Edmonton misses the playoffs or bows down in the first round, Connor McDavid is got to be discussing at least with his with his wife or his girlfriend and and his agent, you know, and his family about is it time what for do we me do? to say yeah, is it time for me to say hey, time for me to go? Yeah, uh, the thing is with McDavid, like he's probably a top five competitor in the league along with like McKinnon and Dylan Larkin too. Like those guys. The, the thing is McDavid just, uh, did you see his fucking goal last night? The, no, the, the regulation the goal, the regulation goal and the shootout goal, the shootout goal. Fuck Soros was fucking already trying to make a glove save when the puck no, was already he was behind on the, his blocker yeah. hand. He was on I was the like, moon. where's he going with the glove side? The fucking puck's already in the net on the other side. He's so I caught it. I caught the whole third period and then overtime. And as soon as McDavid like is skating down a one V one with a goalie, you know, that he's going to do something special and just make the goalie look like an idiot. Yeah. It's kind of like that one breakaway goal that Suter had. You just like, know he's going to score it. Yeah. But yeah, um, the goal, the uh, McDavid had one in regulation too. That was just disgusting. And it was just like, he gets the puck and he, he like bounces it off. Like he, I swear to God, he bounces it sometimes. Like he's yo-yoing it. Mm-hmm. And, he, and then that, that, that's how he gets around a guy. Like, he, like he's dribbling. And then all of a sudden it's like the guy's trying to look at the bounce. And then all of a sudden he's like, Oh shit, Connor's gone. And then the goalie's like, Oh, well fuck me. This is over. Yeah. So I do just quickly, we can talk about this. Um, if he does move, I think it will. Be, I think he has one more year in Edmonton if they flop this year and don't make the playoffs. I think next year is probably the last year. But looking forward oh, to after I, yeah, that. Yeah, I would give him next year. I just think that after this year, he's got to start talking, talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and probably the agent starts kicking the tires with Holland about, you know, you got to start. You got to build it this year or we're gone, buddy. Right. Uh, no, just- so it probably wouldn't get public, but. Exactly. And just because this is the Red Wings, a Red Wings podcast, what do you think we'd have to give up to get McDavid? <laughs> I think you have to give up Cider or Raymond. Or Edvinson. Or both. Or both and a combination of Kosa or Nadalkovich. Yeah, I would think Nadalkovich. Uh, if I was, if you're Holland. If you're Holland, well, yeah. If you're Holland, you'd probably get fleeced by a third round and uh bloody. Yeah. But but legitimately, yeah, I would think um, a first round pick, Nadelkovich, Raymond Edvinson. I okay. I would say we know how Ken Holland is with goalies, so I could see Stevie convincing him to take Kosa, a first round pick, Edvinson, and yeah. But do you want Nadelkovich over Kosa? I I I want Nadelkovich over Kosa. If, if you're if you're Edmonton, I'm saying, I would I would I would want. No, oh, if I'm Detroit, I want to keep Kosa. Yeah, I think I'm putting myself in a mental pretzel. If I'm Detroit, I want Kosa. If I'm Edmonton, I want Nettie. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I thought yeah. you were saying that you would want to you would want you'd rather give Kosa than Ned. No, no offense to Ned, because uh, yeah, uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully this is hopefully this is our fucking tandem for the next five years. Uh, you know, next ten years, thirty. Yeah. Starting possibly next year with Kosa, they're uh, those fucking Edmonton Oil Kings, buddy. I know they're wagon. Hey, dude, how ironic would it be if the LA Kings make a move for McDavid? It'd be Wayne Gretzky 2.0 all over again. Well, LA Kings, the LA Kings can't afford it. But um, speaking of that, they might um, be able to. They have a they'd nasty. Have, they'd have to. Pool. They'd have to give up your boy who got his NHL. Yes, first he NHL did. Goal last Quentin night. Byfield. Quentin Byfield on a laser of a wrister. I saw that this morning at Sports Center. I was like, oh, there's Evans' boy. He got one. Yeah, I saw it last night. The kid's gonna be a fucking stud. Um, but they'd have to give up. Yeah, like you said, uh, Arthur Kaliev or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Byfield, another top prospect, and probably one or two first. Which, if you're LA, like. You're gonna have such a good nucleus nucleus of young players. Would you even want to do that? I know Connor McDavid's still young and the best player on the planet. I don't think Connor McDavid's even in his prime yet. <laughs> yeah, Joe. <laughs> I, I no, I really don't. Uh, and me and my friend Kyle talk about this all the time. Where like, what is going to happen when he if he's not in his prime yet? And and the thing that we always speculate uh, that we always point out is be, neither of us think he he has. 
um, a full shot yet to what he can have. Now, now if he's still not in his prime, that means he can add a footstep to his speed and have a better shot. How good is this guy going to be in next year? And I mean, he flashed it last year when he had over a hundred points in like 55 games. One of the best performances like of this, of this decade. Yeah, probably, yeah one of the best. best performances since Wayne Gretzky, probably. Yeah, like you put him up there with Lemieux, Gretzky, yeah. Iserman, like single, single, Yager. Like he's had a yeah. couple campaigns where he had 140 plus. Yeah, um, it was, it was ridiculous. And then, and then this year not doing it that well. And then you looking back and going, well, you know, that, that Canadian division really was shit last year. It was. Yeah. And um, the fact but, that Montreal but, came but out the on fact top. That he <laughs> can do it. He can do it. He just, you know, he needs the complimentary pieces. He can't do it all by himself and neither could Gretzky. Right. You know what I mean? Like everybody talks Gretzky. Yeah. Okay, man. Gretzky was great, but, um, and I know like you wouldn't even remember Gretzky. Gretzky was incredible, quite like Connor McDavid, but also look at the guys he had around him. True. And that's not to take anything away from him, but it's not a solo sport. It's a team effort. So, so imagine, imagine McDavid, if Gretzky had, you know, coffee and Messier and a couple guys that could kick ass and still play hockey, like Semenko and McSorley, who is our so, goalie again? So and Grant Fuhr. Yeah, Grant Fuhr, yeah. So now now give Connor McDavid um Andre Vasilevsky and um give him Victor Hedman. Yep. Uh, he's already got Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Give him another top four. Give him Nathan McKinnon. Give him a tough guy. Give, give him, him Ryan Reeves. Yeah, you know what? He's got Cassian already that kicks ass and plays True. hockey. Yeah, True. you know what? Yeah, give him Ryan Reeves or give him Tom Wilson also. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, give him Cassian and uh, let him keep Cassian and give him Tom Wilson. And they probably win. McDavid would be unfucking stoppable <laughs> because yeah. you wouldn't know who to cover. You know, do you cover McKinnon? Do you cover McDavid? Do you cover Drysital? That was the problem that those teams had with Edmonton. Well, is it? Do we cover Curry? Do we cover Messier? Do we cover Gratz? <laughs> People are gonna start asking if Ken Holland ruined McDavid's chances at winning multiple cups in his prime his early prime because like in my in my mind he's, already, uh, he's currently no, doing not, it ken holland didn't ruin it though it's been his cap management and uh, yeah but it's been a problem that was well before ken holland i know hey, ken holland hasn't made the situation a whole lot better he's made it a whole lot he, worse he well yeah because of cap fit but they weren't going on a good path regardless. That's fair. That's fair to say. Also, like we're living in a world where cap is like such a important thing and it's impossible to manage. Like a GM who's very well, especially when you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Making well, twelve and making twelve give, in time. How, yeah, how do we give anybody else money? Shouts out Toronto. They got like four players making up like eighty five percent of their salary. Okay. Can't win like that. Here here's what I wanted to say. Um Speaking of Toronto, um, <laughs> if the okay, if the Toronto Maple Leafs do not make a move, or not even make a move, if they don't, or or I was going to say attempt to make a move, if if Brendan Shanahan or, or Kyle Dubas, I say Shanahan because I think he ultimately pulls the trigger on a decision that of this magnitude. Um, if they if but if the two of them do not pull the trigger to acquire Mark Andre Fleury, Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas will never be able to leave Toronto saying they did everything they could to bring a Stanley Cup. Because if they don't get Mark Andre Fleury right fucking now, right this season, um, they they have not done all they can. They need Mark Andre Fleury to win a Stanley Cup, and I believe that if they acquire him, they are going to be on the top of my list to be Stanley Cup favorites. Okay. Um, in the same vein, Edmonton is a goalie. Is there going to be a fight in Canada over Marc-Andre Fleury between those two teams? I mean, there very well could be. Just, just I just don't think Marc-Andre Fleury puts Oilers over the top like he puts the Toronto Maple Leafs over the top. 100% agree. 100%. Um, I was just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they could... But the thing for Toronto is this 
you know, Flurry is still playing Vezina goaltending on a shit team. This is the last <laughs> year of his contract, so you don't have to worry about the cap hit. Right, you just do it. Yeah, make Chicago t- or, you know, whatever. Uh, trade somebody with, like, a, a million dollars because you don't really have to move that much cap. Fuck, give them Peter Mrazek, man. If you're going for yeah. this, and then, and then they would have the – and then if they trade Mrazek – flurry and would be an unrestricted free agent and then they'd have the money to give to jack campbell which they don't have right now because of peter morazic okay i like that take but yes i think if brendan shanahan and kyle duba acquire mark andre flurry toronto is a legitimate stanley cup contender if they don't get mark andre flurry this year then i do think that brendan shanahan and kyle duba if they don't ever win a stanley cup with toronto Neither of them can ever say they did everything they could have because they could have went out and got Mark Andre. You have a better pulse in this than I do because you're Canadian, and a lot of this news like doesn't, or a lot of the feeling doesn't trickle down to where I'm from. But what's what's the sentiment from Maple Leafs fans about Kyle Dubas and uh, Brent Shanahan right now? (laughs) They just they hold them in regard, man. No, they're in charge, so they fucking hold them in high regard, man. Ah, uh, they're on a pedestal because they run the Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's fair. I, I kind of um, figured I, that I was don't, the case. I don't think everyone loves Dubok quite as much as they did at first. Um, yeah, because he, he was Shanahan is still the fucking man. Yeah, of course. I know that like Dubas when he was hired was like the new, you know, he was like the young kid on the block, like the analytical guy who's going to like kind of change the game as far as like GMing goes and roster management, all that sort of stuff with analytics. So. Um, yeah, yeah, he just, was a uh, he was the OHL's uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds general manager when he was 19. Cor- I, I mean, that speaks for itself. That's yeah. Fucking he, gra- <laughs> he graduated high he graduated high school and they gave him the GM job. Did he play ever? Uh, not like uh, juniors or OHL or anything. He may probably like he may have played as a child, but, junior uh, B or something like at best. Oh, I don't even think he played that, but okay. uh, but he very well could have, but. Um, yeah, he was just uh, – he had a family member that was in the in the organization somehow, and he worked there as, like, a co-op student in high school. Um, That's kind of cool story. As, like, an analytic kind of guy, yeah. What's the show called where they do, like, um, like behind the scenes? The Maple Leafs had a show uh, oh, or a season of that, it. Yeah, that was good on Amazon Prime. What was that called, like, Behind the Lights or something? <clears throat> Yeah, I don't remember. I would love to have one of those for Detroit. They actually, I will say that Detroit has gotten so much better, like since I was a kid with media stuff. Like they do the, they just released one today with Mo Sider and Joe Valeno. Um, like those quick, like five to ten minute videos where they like interview the players. They kind of just shoot the shit with them. That's great. I wish they would do like a full fledged, um, like show or something like that with the players. Because especially right now, we're gonna look back at this team in like five to ten years when hopefully they have a cup or two. And be like, wow, that team was very exciting. That was like, you know, the genesis of what is to come of a potential dynasty, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I do want to hold on. I do want to touch back because I said Kyle Dubas was the GM of Sault Ste. Marie when he was 19. I was way fucking off board there. So I just want to correct myself. Um, <laughs> That's accountability right there. That's fucking he, accountability. He, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I'll take that. Uh, Mia Copa, as Witt would say. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he he was about 20 he was about 24 nonetheless but Still, um, though, that's me running the fucking two saint marie yeah, greyhounds uh okay <laughs> uh yeah he's 36 now he's two years older than i am but um yeah he, okay so it says he was uh he played hockey um but he stopped playing at 14 because he had a serious concussion problem oh wow um his father worked for the sioux saint marie greyhounds and his father had coached them and uh, that's where Kyle was from, Sault Ste. Marie. Um, so he, while he attended Brock, which is a university in uh, Ontario, um, okay. uh, he worked as a scout for Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, and then he was named the, yeah, okay. So that's how he got all started. Yeah, close enough. But uh, none, nonetheless, um, actually, I got a buddy who, who, um, who has a friend uh, who uh, works, does a lot of like, uh, videography stuff for the NHL and for um, uh, like Gong Show gear, hockey and stuff. Okay, and cool. um, so he was at uh, he was at a Leafs Red Wings game. Um, uh, uh, I don't know before just before COVID, and um, 
he so he got in this elevator. He, he's wearing a Leafs jersey, and because uh, he's a Leafs fan, um, and he gets in the elevator, and three drunk guys get in with Red Wing jerseys on. And oh, you told start, us before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. keep, keep, yeah. No, keep going. And, keep going though. Keep yeah, going. they start. They started making fun of him because uh, for for wearing a Leafs jersey, and they didn't know that the other guy in the elevator in the suit was fucking <laughs> Kyle Dubon, the Leafs general manager. So yeah, so my buddies, you know, my friend of a friend there, he knew that it was Dubon, but the the drunk Red Wing fans didn't. So the, that's just a funny story. I like that. That's one. a good story. Yeah. Um, good Canadian talk right now. I know a lot of our listeners are from Canada, but one more thing regarding Canada uh Jake Batherson takes a nasty shot from Aaron Dell in my opinion it was one of the grossest hits I've seen in hockey in a long time a goalie I'm sure everyone's as, that's listening has seen the play but for a goalie to do that to a player that's coming in pretty quick had no idea what's about to happen it all star by the way and Jake Batherson um takes him out of the lineup for what is it three to five weeks or something like that with a high ankle sprain yeah yeah and he only gets three fucking games for that here's the most disgusting thing about um um and i mean it's it's the rules how the rules have to be but um Aaron Dell gets a three-game suspension he's only played 12 games this year buffalo's running like eight goalies so to sit yeah. down for three games is nothing. They have five NHL goaltenders on their ro- – they have five goalies on their NHL roster right now. What a joke Dell's also. suspended for three games. They have Craig Anderson. They have Michael Hauser. They have Uko Pekka Luokanen, <laughs> and they have Malcolm Subban. So who? what does it matter? You got four other goalies that are just as – It's not punishing Oh, my God. And Dell playing 12 games has played the second mo- – they have – they're, they're, Tokarski actually has played the most games for Buffalo this year at 14, and Dell's yeah. played 12. Lukunen's played nine. Andersplin's played six. Subay's played four. And Hauser, <laughs> who just signed last week, already played two games. Uh, you know what? My, my thing is, I, I think I've said it on the podcast before. I know this would never happen, but my hot take about the rules is if you injure someone on a dirty hit, you should be out as long as they are. Yeah. I think that would be awesome, but like that could never happen. I understand that, but I, the perfect example is this. Like you just mentioned a great reason why that rule would work in this sense. Aaron Dell doesn't play games. And then this guy's an all-star and he's going to miss, he's going to miss the all-star game now because of this. I I, I don't know. I just think it's bullshit. Um, Switching from Canada to the desert. This story is kind of laughable and kind of sad. I don't know which one it is yet. Um, kind of both. The Arizona Coyotes announced that they are going to be playing. Well, not officially announced, but it looks like they're, they're going to be playing at Arizona State's yeah. new hockey facility, which houses 5,000 fans. Hey, can, the, you give, can, can, can we just pause for a sec? Yeah, hold on. Let me. Okay, sorry. No, no, you're all good. All right, we're back. Uh, we're talking about the fucking... Uh, the desert dogs and their, their, uh, yeah, their proposed <laughs> new arena idea. It, technically it's being built right now and it's Arizona state's new facility. So, um, that's a college hockey team and a college hockey size stadium. Um, but they want to play NHL games. That's a pro league. So I, that just mind boggling. Arizona has been kind of, I wouldn't say in the doghouse with the NHL because for some reason, Gary Bettman, like, refuses to let them move um but like this isn't this isn't even like the craziest thing that's happened in the last 24 months with this team i I really do think that the best thing for the nhl is to move them either to houston or quebec city but i want to get your take on um the arena proposal and then if you would move them where would you move them to Hey, here's my fucking take. Gary Bettman's the stupidest mother. Okay, the guy's a fucking genius. Let's be real, though. He is. Yeah, but yeah, what he a is. dumb fuck for never wanting this team out of the fucking desert. So, yes, this new arena for Arizona State, the Sun Devils, who feature Detroit Red Wing prospect Ryan O'Reilly. Shouts out, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, also, uh, Shane Doan's son. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, he's I playing think. there. Uh, yeah, okay. He was drafted by the Yotes, I believe. Right? Yeah, and like the second Josh Doan, Josh Doan. Josh, yeah, I know it was a J. 
Yeah. Um, yep. Second round pick, 37th overall. Uh, he's having a hell of a year. He's got 29 points in 27 games. Um, yeah. Josh, mm-hmm. Do- Josh down there. So, uh, but um, yeah, so this 5,000 seat arena now due to NCAA rule violations, the Arizona uh, Coyotes cannot use any facilities in the building except for the ice pad. What? I did not they know can't, that. They would have to build. They would have to spend 15 to $20 million oh, no. to build their own part of the facility featuring their own NHL dressing rooms for them and the away team uh, workout facilities. Cause they can't use Arizona. Cause they can't use a NCAA um, uh, uh, fitness facility. They can't wow. use meeting rooms, anything. So they'd have to spend $20 million building their own part that just attaches to where the to and they go out to the ice pad. Also, that- with those with those modifications, that five thousand seat ASU arena now becomes about three thousand to thirty two hundred seats. Dude, you can't do so that. So you're man. cutting. You're cutting. You're going down from about the average size of a stadium at about eighteen thousand. You're going down already thirteen thousand, and then you're going to take it another two thousand down, twelve hundred down. No, can't do that. Can't do that. Quebec City is fucking hockey mad. The Montreal Canadiens would love that fucking rival. And you know what? They got a brand new NHL fucking facility. And you know what else? Gary Bettman never gave the accommodations that he's given to Arizona. And if he allows them to play for like three or four years, which is the assigned time the Coyotes are saying, yeah. In a 3000 seat arena, he never ever gave any kind of accommodations like that before he pulled Winnipeg or Quebec out of Canada. So fuck you, Gary Bettman. You're going to let this fucking happen to the Coyotes. They got to be yeah. in Quebec City or they have to be in Houston, Texas or possibly Kansas City by next fucking season. There's no playing in a 5000 fucking seat arena. I agree. Uh the thing is, and they still won't fucking sell it out. I was that was a question I had, but I, I want to say a couple things first. I think that I, I agree with Gary in the sense that like it, it's very promising to build a hockey market in the desert. Like between Vegas, between Arizona, like the fans in Vegas are phenomenal, and the, the stadium is pre- always sold out, or at least a really good crowd. I for, see for who for uh, Vegas. Yeah, for Vegas. The problem was with the Coyotes when they moved them from Phoenix. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They took them out of Phoenix for whatever fucking reason. They took them out of Phoenix, and that killed it. Because now they're outside the city. I'll tell you what. I lived in I lived in Florida, in Clearwater, Florida, St. Pete's, Florida. And you know what? The fucking Tampa Bay Rays playing in St. Petersburg kills their attendance. If their yeah, stadium was in Tampa they would fucking be packed. Yeah. And there must be something. Obviously there has to be something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about because at this point, the coyotes have made probably 10 headlines in the last three or four years. And maybe one or two have been positive. Like this is a team that is clearly in dismay and has to be moved. Um, I say by 2024, we'll have more serious talks I do think that Gary Bettman's going to favor moving them to an American city over a Canadian city. I think he has a little bit of an American bias, just growing those, um, those hubs, the hockey hubs. So I do think that Portland, Houston are probably. Uh, you know what? I, I would like to ultimately see a team in Quebec. I'd like to see the Nordiques so yeah. with their, with their baby blue back. But if he puts a team in Houston, Texas, I have absolutely zero qualms about Quebec not getting it over Houston, Texas. Be rowdy because Houston. Texas is a fucking hockey mad. They are as hockey mad as they are almost football mad, which <laughs> is saying something. Dude, there's more ice rinks in the state of Texas than there are yeah. like like twice as many as there are in most states, and the, including like Michigan, Minnesota. That's wild. Those are hockey states. Mm-hmm. Texas is a hockey state, man. They will, you know, say what you want about it. Fuck, they got they got an ECHL team, AHL team, NHL team. They could have get another NHL team. That, yeah. And, you know what? I wish they would. I hope fucking uh, Mark Cuban buys them. If Mark Cuban buys them, I'm a fan immediately. I buy a jersey the next day. I love Mark Cuban. 
Yeah, I love Mark Cuban too. He's the best. He, yeah, like. And you know what? He's he's tried to buy NHL teams. I mean, he he tried when. um, Shouts out Mark Cuban. When when, oh hell yeah, when Jim Balsilli, the (laughs) uh, Canadian uh, BlackBerry founder, wanted to buy Nashville, and 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 then uh, he they said the NHL said no to him, and then Cuban wanted to buy them, and the NHL said no to him because he wasn't a good owner in the NBA. And I thought he's a great owner, man. Yeah, he sits in shorts and a T-shirt on the fucking bench sometimes. He's sick. I, and he's I, worth like $5 billion. I wonder That's if who it, I want to play for. My yeah. owner's sitting on the bench almost in uniform. Hell yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the reason they don't want Cuban to buy an NHL team is because he's very outspoken and uh, like loud in the media. Well, you know what? He has really calmed down since he's taken he off. Be- and that's because of all the... Uh, you know, Dragon's Den or a Shark Tank, rather. Sorry, Dragon's Den is a Canadian version, but he does Shark Tank, you know, and you can't really yeah. be too open and try to keep that job and, you know, all the other stuff he does. And I think we're coming to the age where fans want open people like Mark Cuban. They 100%. would like him to be pissed off in the media. I, th- I, think- I, would, I would want my owner to be pissed off in the media, but you know what? I'm also happy Detroit's owners, uh, are you know not really too much involved but not not involved yeah. but but not in the media you know i don't need to see chris illich every day no offense chris or or to marion illich that's but, a great point that you don't um, want to see your owners every day yeah in the media yeah especially when they're not hockey people listen if if uh, being a pittsburgh if you're a pittsburgh fan mario lemieux in the media every day well yeah he's my owner that's the guy i want that's to okay see, yeah, you know? yeah 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 because okay. he's not just he's not just a guy with money that bought the team he knows a thing or two. If Iserman owned the team, well, that's who you want to see every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, to that and point. And I mean, hey, I love the Illich family, so I don't want to say anything bad about them because oh, they're they, great. They, they're great for Detroit. They've run. They've oh yeah, they're great for Detroit. They've run the the Lions and the or sorry, rather the Tigers and the Red Wings immaculately. They've tried to buy the Pistons to do the right things with them, but that didn't work out. And no, I'm the whole family is excellent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, not too many times that you see them fucking up, you know, like blatantly fucking up. So that's good. Um, yeah. Speaking of the Red Wings, since this is a Red Wings podcast, did you see Jeff uh, Blaschel's um, special team stat change proposal? No. Okay. So. Oh gosh, I'm scared. This, this is <laughs> this is something. This is something. I, I want to get in. I want to get in some some heavy Red Wings coaching stuff after this. But this is essentially what he said. He wants to look at the way that these stats are calculated. Calculated. Um, he thinks that they should factor in shorthanded goals into the equation, saying that shorthanded goals should be subtracted from from power play goals before the power play percentage is figured out. Um, no. Yeah, I it don't know. Doesn't make any sense. Shorthanded has nothing to do with power play. I don't know how that would. Uh, how do you even concoct oh. that? I'm going to send you this article so you can take a look at it. You don't have to do it right now or anything like that. But, um, I mean, what okay. a fucking. Has Steve Eisenman heard about this? <laughs> I mean, dude. It... I feel like somebody needs to let Eisenman know that Blaschel's running around talking crazy again. Look, look at the Pop, chat. Popping pills. <laughs> I, just, I put it in the chat. It's from it's from winging, winging it in Motown. So it's like a reliable source. Oh, I like... love winging it in Motown, man. That's, that's one of my favorite places. Yeah. So besides that, though. Uh, I think that I'm a little bit harder Shouts on... out to wing it in Motown. Yeah, they're great. I think I'm a little bit harder on Blashell than you are. Um, I don't think he's necessarily like a good X and O's coaches. I think the boys like him, though. Obviously, he probably wouldn't be there if the boys didn't like him. Um, but there comes a time and place where you got to just say goodbye. And I'm sure Stevie like has a plan. I'm sure that uh, Blashell is very aware of it. We've talked about this at length on, on this podcast, but... Okay, hold on. It makes Detroit's power play even worse. Yeah, see, that's the wild thing. If you were to go, <laughs> if you yeah, were to go some, in the media, do something that helps your coaching right. ability. That helps like, you oh, get my coaching contract. ability's not that bad if we change the stats this way. No, no, if you propose the stats change that way, you put yourself even further in a grave. Yeah, no, it, it's a wild, wild take by him. And like, I didn't know this happened. I literally, before we jump on the podcast, I'll be transparent. I literally just like Google Red Wings news for like those little stories like this that like don't really reach mainstream Red Wings Twitter. 
Um, but when I saw this, I was like, is this like fake? It doesn't make any sense. He must have like a good reason. And I think, I think Blashill is a smart dude. And I think he can be a good coach. I just don't think that he's going to be a good coach for the Red Wings. So I don't know. Yeah. Just, just a weird situation. Yeah, um, for sure. That's uh, Hold on. One thing I wanted to shout out before I forget it, because I just remembered it. Last week, when I said, you know, when when uh, we announced, I think I'm pretty sure we broke the abdicator sign to the Griffins, but we'll, we won't get into that. Yeah. Anyways, people were like, oh, I don't know. I was going to shout out uh, this guy, Pat Doyle, who's, oh, I don't know. He comes back, makes himself look stupid. And I said on the podcast, I said, I think he's doing it to get a skate before the Olympic break. You did say that. Yesterday, the Griffins released Justin Abdelkader, and he's joined Team USA's Olympic team. So shove it, Pat. Shove it, everybody that didn't think I was right. I'm always right right about everything I say. Just remember (laughs) that, guys. Fuck. Fuck. I'll retract it later. (laughs) I will say that, like, I that didn't even cross my mind that it could be, like, basically a USA tryout. And then, then a couple days after, well, we yeah, you podcast. wouldn't really think Abdulkader on the uh, Olympic team, but I mean, true, yeah, you know, with what's available, he's a good Augie player. Yeah, yeah, and I and I heard that he's been playing uh, uh, on. Uh, I've saw somebody a couple times posting on Reddit that he plays Abdulkader plays in his beer league and just fucking tears it up. I thought and, he was in Switzerland. And, no, he was last season. He oh, hasn't last played season, this okay. year. He's just been playing a beer league in like fucking in uh, I don't know like Ann Arbor or something. You know. but, <laughs> Probably um, in an unreal shape though. Yeah, and the guy's like, I'm pretty. He's like, the guy's like, he puts up like five points, five goals a game, and then he just stops kind of playing. Oh, and by the way, when he scores the five goals, he's also I'm pretty sure only playing at like eight <laughs> percent. Yeah, uh, just see- that much dominating compared to all these guys that are just out there to fucking you know skate. And he's out there to fucking really play. <laughs> so this has happened since we've been recording the podcast. Uh, Calvin Picard, Pickard, whatever, has been re- has been recalled from the taxi squad. And then also Jamel Smith has been recalled from AHL. From the AHL. Sweet! I want Gamal in the lineup tonight. With his brother. Yeah. Same line. Just do it. Give us a little bit of fan service. You guys gave us the Svechnikov battle last year. That was fucking awesome. The fans loved it. Twitter was all over it. Give us Jamal and Javon in the same fucking line. Just do it. Wow, Gamal already played three games for Grand Rapids. Picked up an assist. Good for him. Eight penalty minutes. Holy shit. Let's just put the big boys out there. Let them them go to war on the fourth line. That'd be sick. And they're playing the Penns tonight, too, which is not an overtly physical team. So it'd be cool to see them on the same... Same line, kind of just burying some penguins. I hate the fucking penguins, by the way. Yeah. I like Sid, but besides that. Eh. Hey, who's who do you think's bigger, Jamal or, or Giovanni? I think Giovanni's 6'3", like 215, and Jamal's probably an inch shorter, 10 pounds less. Okay, so this on cap friendly, it says Giovanni's 6'2", 210, and Gamal is 5'11", 196. I was pretty fucking close. Yeah, you were. You were got an eye from that from watching football all these years but yeah i mean they're both like big burly fucking boys so um oh the mean streets of scarborough ontario they grew up on they know <laughs> how to fucking handle themselves those those boys from scarborough I'll tell i don't you. know Boy, what scarborough what, like uh yeah it's like the toronto hood oh, okay got it yeah okay. uh you know the Subas from there i got i got some friends from scarborough it's not like um it's not like uh, Southside Chicago bad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think we talked like, about this actually. Yeah, it's it's probably the worst Canada has. Oh no, probably not even. But I and I don't think it's really that bad anymore because I got I had friend um friends that uh, lived there and we always used to go and party there and everything and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Like we, I, I remember being there. We were there one night. My buddy was dating a girl from uh, Scarborough, so we went down to Toronto for a weekend and. Uh, or to Scarborough rather. And the the Leafs and Habs were playing in Montreal. So we go out to this little sports bar nearby and there's a gentleman next to us with his with uh his wife and um a black couple. But um anyways, um so we're sitting there and talking and 
they're not really wearing anything and they're cheering for Montreal and everybody in the bar is cheering for Toronto. And I'm like, nobody's even like mad at this guy that he's the only guy <laughs> in the bar cheering for Montreal. Yeah. And when I said something and then uh, my buddy's girlfriend knew, cause she went to the bar quite often. She knew the bouncer when, and so I was talking to the bouncer and I was like, like nobody gets pissed off at this guy. And the guy's like, no man. Cause everybody knows him. He's like, that's PK Subban's parents. And I was oh, like, shit. what the fuck? They're just chilling at the sports bar. And we were <laughs> sitting right like at the table next to them. So I went That's over awesome. and I was like, excuse me, I heard you were Mr. Subban. He goes, yeah. He goes, you were correct. And I was like, oh, it's very nice to meet you. And he's like, yeah. you don't have to be quiet. He goes, everybody knows I'm Mr. Subban. <laughs> oh, that's pretty fucking cool, though. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. It was kick ass, man. OK, I have a dipshit question for you. Calvin Picard has been recalled from the taxi squad. So that means he's on the Red Wings roster, uh, correct? He's he's been Detroit's backup the last few games. Are you serious? Yeah, Grice is on protocol. Dude, I am fucking out of the loop. I've been so fucking busy with work. He, he I, was, I he was, he was 100% the backup in, in Chicago or against Chicago. Oh, that's why Ned is playing like the last eight games in a row. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Get it together, Evan. All right. Um, what else you got for us? Anything? Uh, a young fellow that played for the Windsor Spitfires that I uh, met a couple years ago, just before the pandemic, uh, playing, uh, he was drafted by, uh, or undrafted rather. He's playing with, uh, was with Vancouver. Now he's with Carolina. He just signed a two year extension with Carolina. He's from, uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan, but he was a Windsor Spitfire here. So God, there you go. he had a contract this year, just signed a two year extension. So Jalen Chatfield defenseman for Carolina, shout out to him. Good kid. I met him. So how does this go? Like the guys from Michigan and they go to juniors, do they typically play for Kitchener or for uh, Windsor? Why would it be Kitchener? I don't know. I feel like a lot of Michigan guys go to Kitchener. Um, well, you get drafted. Like the OHL has a draft. Oh, true. What the fuck am I? I'm all over the place right now. Bro. So, so they, um, I think they kind of, you know, talk to the American kids and, the most of the American kids that are drafted aren't, you know, the top guys that are probably going to forego the OHL to play at the U S national team development and then go play NCAA. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if actually, if I, if we brought it up when we had Kyle on um, Kyle's first season playing with Windsor, um, he was uh, the backup there, his first season. And Al Montoya had just been drafted fifth overall to the NHL. Oh shit! Of, and he played for the University of Michigan. He was fifth overall. Yeah, he played Holy at he shit. played at the University of Michigan, and the Rangers drafted him, and the Rangers wanted him to go play for the Spets because okay. Win, Windsor had drafted him in the OHL draft. And um, I remember, uh, I don't think like scared, but I remember Kyle's dad being like well, there's talk that this Montoya might come out of Michigan because the Rangers want him to come to Windsor. He never ended up leaving Michigan and coming to Windsor, but you know, that that's um, also when, when Windsor was owned by uh, just after Kyle had played, Windsor was owned by former NHLers, Bob Bugner and Warren Reichel and Warren Reichel's son Kirby was uh, draft eligible for the OHL and Windsor was, Windsor was, I think, drafting like 15th or something. So they were expecting to take him and he got drafted by London, I believe, <laughs> or Sudbury, maybe like the pick before Windsor. And of course, um, his dad, Warren Reichel got upset. And because uh, his son Kirby was born in uh, California when Warren played for the Kings, Warren yeah. kind of told them, you're going to trade him to me or I'm I'm his parent. I'm going to send him to play on the U.S. development team. <laughs> Shit. So they were like, oh, OK. So they kind of had to trade him or he wasn't going to go and he was going to go. He go play U.S. development and then go to college because he was an American. He could just go, well, nope, I'm going to play in U.S. national team. So uh, so then they traded him to Windsor and then Warren made the decision. Yeah, he's going to play in the OHL. Um, sorry, Miss Mississauga St. Mike's, and gotcha. he played uh, drafted him, and he played thirty games for them before uh, traded. They traded him to Windsor. Well, so I'm gonna set a uh, goal for us. So I was just looking up the valuations of OHL teams, 
Yeah. Do you, do you have any guess which team and how much is the cheapest team to buy in the OHL? The Windsor Spitfires. The Swift Current Broncos for 970 Oh, that's the WHL. You said the or, Sorry, the WHL. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, but yeah, in the OHL, it would be uh, the Owen Sound. Owen Sound, really? 1. I would have thought 6. it was. I would have thought Windsor or Flint, Michigan. The, let's the let's Flint hey, Firebirds. Let's let's find an NFT. Let's make a mill on it, and we'll buy the fucking Swift Current Broncos. <sighs> Buddy, let's do it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, find find a fucking uh, find a find an NFT. I'll go. Let's do it. Oh god, I wish I knew more about that shit, but I have no idea. What I wish think- I, I wish it was real. I feel like it's just made up. Like what? It's a picture, man. I can get it off Google. Like I, I don't like it. I don't like the. Yeah, it's all blockchain shit. But what do you think is the most expensive team? No way, Joe. Why the Knights? That's what I would have guessed too. They're number four. Who's the most expensive? The sixty sevens. Ah, uh, because they're owned by Eugene Melnick. Yeah, and then Mississauga is uh, number two. Hamilton's. Number oh three. wait. I don't know. No, I don't think Melnick owns them. I don't I think know. Dude, he, I think he owns. No, dude, he owned. Um. So when he, he's the owner of the Sens, and he owned. Um. The. Uh, hold on! Hold on! Um. How oh much my can gosh. we buy a fucking ECL? There's no way we could get a team in the e, in the e for ECL for how much? For cheaper than an OHL team? I I would imagine that they're more expensive, right? I, you know what? Maybe not. I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, Melnick owned the Mississauga Ice Dogs. Oh, sorry, the, the St. Michael's Majors. And then the, they played at the St. Mike's College School. It's a private school in Toronto. Um, yeah. He wanted to move them to Mississauga because the Mississauga Ice Dogs had just built a brand new arena. Oh, and wow. he didn't want to build a new arena for St. Mike's because Mississauga is a Toronto suburb. So the, those two arenas were probably about 25 minutes drive. Um, gotcha. So he bought the Mississauga Ice Dogs. So he owned two teams in the OHL. Wow. <laughs> he, he bought the Mississauga Ice Dogs and then moved them to St. Catharines, Ontario and sold them. And now they're the Niagara Ice Dogs. And then he now owned that Mississauga Arena and he moved St. Mike's into it. What the it. fuck? <laughs> and yeah, he's now sold the St. Mike's Majors who are now the uh, Mississauga Steelheads. Gotcha. But Dude. yeah, he owned two teams in the league just to move one so he could get the fucking arena for the other one. Like Swift Current in the, the middle. The fucking, fucking money door. that's there. Yeah. Oh, Swift and Swift Current is uh dude, if we could buy Swift Current for less than a milli. Dude, like dude, that's who like Joe Sackick, Theo Fleury, they all played for Swift yeah. Current. There's nothing there. Like this is a very very small town. Can you imagine fucking owning an OHL or a WHL team? You know who else played for Swift Current? Um Dan Lambert, the father of one Brad. Brad Lambert, Mr. Brad Lambert, future Detroit Red Wing. We could buy this team and talk the alumni into <laughs> having his kids play for the Red Wings. Dude, yeah. It's crazy that you can buy one of these teams for less than a million bucks. That is wild to me. Yeah, dude, I'm in. Let's 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 buy and sell some NFTs. Let's create some NFTs. What do I do? Can I just take a picture of a hat and sell it for like a million dollars? It's a bunch of blockchain stuff, and you have to. It's not even worth getting into. But yeah, it's not that hard. It's very. It's really not that hard. But like, I'm pretty sure I could just take a picture of something and then sell it, and be like, well, if you want to own this picture that I took. <laughs> yeah, what we could do. The best way to make money off NFTs, if you're gonna make your own. It's just buy bots on social media and just have them like your thing. It'll get trending. All these fucking stupid 17-year-olds will start buying your NFTs. Boom. You're at half a milli. 
also I don't got the time to be buying bond accounts. I don't even know where this we're now we're running up down some dark alley when we're gonna run into <laughs> yeah. Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and they're just gonna beat us with knives. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to wrap it up? Yeah, that's about all I got. All right. I think that's a good episode. All right, let's go, Wings.